Hey everyone, this is your therapy session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland Hairstylist. Okay, guys, so for this episode, there may be some triggers for those who are struggling with mental health or for loved ones that have someone suffering from mental health. So here are some references. For the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, the number is 1-800-273-8255. You can also find more information at www.suicidepreventionlifeline.org. You can check out www.namior.org, where you can find information and phone numbers for Suicide Lifeline, Alcohol and Drug Helpline, Military Helpline, and Youthline. NAMI also has a link that will take you to each county's number for the mental health departments in Oregon. I also have links to these sites on my website as well. And that's www.namior.org. So this one's a hard one for me. I've debated on whether or not to talk about this on air. I've talked to some close friends of mine about it, my husband and my therapist. And... I wouldn't have been here or where I'm at today if it hadn't been the struggles that I've gone through. So, here goes. Well, in episode 1, 2, and 6, I discussed how I became a hairstylist. Being a hairdresser wasn't on my radar at all, but I kind of fell into it when my husband at the time had got into a plumbing apprenticeship program in his hometown along the Oregon coast. After being in Astoria for over eight months, I transferred from Paul Mitchell to school to Northwest College of Hair Design in Hillsborough. I graduated October 16th of 2006. Once completing my certification and after a few months of working in and out of various salons in Beaverton and even in Forest Grove and feeling tremendously disheartened because I couldn't find an apprenticeship program right away, I finally found one, and that is when I became an apprentice at Fada Salon. As I said before in many episodes, I truly recommend an apprenticeship program, but a good apprenticeship program. I worked under four extremely talented, highly skilled stylists, two of them being the owners, and all of them had something different to offer. I not only honed in my skills with haircutting, coloring, learning how to communicate with my clients, but the skills that I learned then, I still use and apply today. Fada was first located close to Southwest Taylor and 12th in Portland. In 2007, Fati and Danielle, owners of Fada Salon, had a big announcement that we would be moving. Me and my friend and mentor, haircutting specialist, Jay Marie, We're so excited about the move, we'd walk through Portland looking at any vacant space that could potentially be our new hair home. I remember when I received the address to meet Fatih and Danielle and the rest of the team, I was so excited. 
615 Southwest Broadway of the beautiful Art Deco Charles F. Berg building. Our new salon was located on the fourth floor. The building was built in 1902. The fourth floor was an addition, which you can't see from the street view. And crazy enough that this used to be the same place that Hickok's salon was. And Hickok's is where Fatih, Danielle, Jay Marie, Caroline, the stylist who I had assisted, all came from. I remember taking the elevator to the fourth floor with so much anticipation and excitement. When the doors opened, I was in awe. The space was beautiful. High ceilings, floor-to-ceiling glass windows that stretched along the salon, and brightly sunlit as you first walk through the door. It felt big, open, and just good. Of course, there was no furniture, so we all sat on the floor. We were all so excited. This was the beginning of 2007, and I remember during our conversation with Fatih and Danielle, they did say that they had spoke with their financial advisor, and their financial advisor mentioned that there was a recession going to happen. And from the memory, it to me, what I remember is the advisor kind of spoke against the move. Fachi and Danielle both were concerned, but they wanted to make the move and they wanted to make the move with their team. So we did. The salon was very busy, successful, and survived the economic crash of 2008. But my personal life as well as my professional life didn't. And to this day, what I went through have been one of the hardest things in my life. In 2008, I was married. I had been with my husband since I was 19 and we were married when I was 21. When I met my husband, my parents were going through a really bad divorce where my brother and I just suffered the wreckage. To me, I felt like I was almost just an afterthought. And he was my beacon of light. Kind-hearted, funny, hardworking. I really admired and looked up to him. Also, his parents were so incredibly kind and nice. They didn't have a lot of money, but what they did have was a ton of love. And his mom loved to cook, and I loved it. Just having, you know, a really nice, hearty meal with her. And that's what I needed. I needed a family. We had been together for almost eight years when the economy crashed. In 2008, my husband had lost his job plumbing. I had been a stylist on the floor for less than a year. And I didn't make enough money for our mortgage. And I cried. I cried all the time. And we eventually divorced. It was one it was my decision and it was so hard because he was such a good person. But I felt like I was alone. And deep down I knew that I wasn't healthy or I hate to say this, but I felt like something was wrong with me. You see, I've always had 
a problem with not getting enough sleep. I was even lucky if I could get four, even five hours of sleep. And that four to five hours of waking up, tossing and turning, and getting up sometimes. And I could be extremely depressed for days. When I apprenticed for FADA, I also had a clothing line as well. It first started in beauty school. In beauty school, the other students would give me their old tattered jeans. I would rip the inner seam of them and create one-of-a-kind skirts. My mom taught me that. She said she used to sew those skirts during her hippie days. When I worked at FADA, it evolved to a reconstructed clothing line called Amelia K. I would buy clothes at Goodwill and reconstruct them to be one-of-a-kind dresses, which I would sell at local boutiques. Frock, Seaplane, which used to be on Northwest 23rd, and Dragonfly, which used to be on Hawthorne. I love having projects, and I would be so excited to talk about my creations with my clients. I'd wake up anywhere from 3.30 to 4.30. With no alarm clock, I'd just wake up. Having as little as four hours of sleep, sew my dresses on my dress form, adding little bits of beading or jewels, and then I'd get ready for my day and take the max from Beaverton to Pioneer Square in Portland. There would be days where I was so excited and on this high, and I absolutely loved it. I'd be smiling all the time, really animated, making my clients and coworkers laugh, and I felt invincible. And then after a few days, I would crash. I would have continual crying fits so bad that I felt the world was ending. I'd wake up, take a shower, and I would sit on the floor and cry and cry until I got to the point of convulsing. And then once I did my big cry, I felt like this weight was lifted and then I would start the cycle all over again. And I thought that this was normal. My husband was very kind and he tried to help, but it just wasn't working. And I didn't seek help because I thought that what I was experiencing was my normal life. I loved my husband very much, but from the stress of losing his job, losing our house, and me not feeling right, something had to change. When my husband and I divorced, I was so ashamed. I cried all the time at Fada in the break room. And everyone was so understanding. But I I was embarrassed, ashamed, and I felt like a failure. And it hurt that I hurt someone so badly. And that I hurt his parents so badly. When the divorce was happening, I wanted to start somewhere new. Be somebody new. So I cut off all of my old friends. Friends that knew me and my husband. Knew my past. And I left Fada Salon and went to work for Bishops on Northwest 21st. Bishops was great. 
It was a great place. During the economic crash, it still remained busy because of the lower price point compared to a higher-end salon. I could go to work, show up, cut color hair, and leave. I didn't have to think about or even bother with really building a clientele. And I partied. I partied a lot. I still had a hard time sleeping. I'd still have my highs and lows and this feeling of hopelessness during the divorce and it kept getting worse. By then I moved into my mom and stepdad's place and I hated it. I didn't hate it because of them. I got along with them, like I loved them very much. But I was 28 years old, couldn't take care of myself because I was just too scared or too emotional. I was divorcing, losing a house, and I just, I, like I said, I felt like a failure. So I partied. After I would work a shift at Bishop's, my escape was hanging out with my coworkers on Northwest 21st. I never really partied before and I felt like I was making up for some lost time since I had met my husband when I was so young. My diet mostly consisted of alcohol and cigarettes. And since I couldn't sleep very much, I would work, party at night, get home, and then I'd get up early in the morning and do hot yoga at the 5 a.m. class. And I remember laying on the mat after one of the classes and tears would just run down my face. And I try to cover my sniffles with a towel and I would just lay there and cry. Then I would take a shower, get dressed and get ready for the day all over again. The first time that I was hospitalized, I had committed myself. I was 28 years old. I was sitting in Olive Garden with my mom and everything got loud. I couldn't breathe or think. My mind was constantly racing. My mom looked at me concerned and asked me if I needed to go to the hospital. And I said yes. And I remember when my parents were divorcing that my mother had committed herself in the hospital as well. I was there for three days. Luckily, Bishop's provided insurance. So I had my insurance to cover it. I had committed myself voluntarily twice to the psychiatric ward. I found a therapist, a nurse practitioner who specializes with mental health. And then I finally realized that I had type 2 bipolar disorder. Even with my therapist and my nurse practitioner, I didn't receive the help that I needed. I was on mood stabilizers, but they were afraid of putting me on any antipsychotics due to the drugs um, causing you to gain weight. So I'd try Ambien, Unison, any medication to help me sleep, but really didn't help me. And I just kept getting worse. By then, I had quit Bishops, and I just decided I was going to move down to San Diego because I thought that I just needed a big change. My friend lived in Temecula. I really miss sunny weather. I love sunny weather. I love the beach. And I thought, why not? 
So, of course, it didn't work out, and I returned home. I kept feeling this sense of hopelessness, like I wasn't going to get better, and this is how my life was always going to be. The highs and lows, not sleeping and feeling that I was never going to make it. So one night, I'm in my bedroom, and my parents are sleeping, and I had taken an entire bottle, almost an entire bottle of pills, and had taken some alcohol, and was hoping that I just wasn't going to wake up. I was hospitalized in and out of unconsciousness for three days, hooked on IVs. After the third day... I was committed back into the psych ward. Because of my attempt, I was put on short-term disability. My mom was so afraid. Because bipolar disorder was never discussed in our family. Mental illness was never a discussion. But because of my attempt, and since I was put on short-term disability, I found the right doctors, the right therapist, a therapist who I still remember today. She had a type A personality, straight to the point, and I loved it. I really did. It was very helpful. And then I had to go to group like group meetings specifically for those who have bipolar disorder. When I first started my journey with medication, I started to lose my hair and I gained weight. I went through a very long journey to be healthy and I have been stable for over 10 years. When my short-term disability was over, Um, it was like going back and starting all over again, but this time I had knowledge and education and I would call up insurance companies and be denied because I had a pre-existing condition and I was high risk and it pissed me off. I felt really low. I would feel helpless, not as helpless as what I did before. But it just sucked, and it was so hard. I'd cry again and just think, God damn it, I just want to be healthy. You know how there's people that come in and out of your life, and I've kind of realized over time that you really don't know how long a person is going to be a part of your life. Well, during that time, I had two friends, Nicole and Robert, Nicole was our manager at Bishop's up on Northwest 21st and Robert would have coffee or pastries at Ken's Bakery right next door. He would watch me journal or flip through magazines and we just started hanging out and talking and later the three of us became friends. They had seen me before my crash. They were with me when I was at the hospital and they stuck by me. And that really mattered, and that was something very important. 
I remember I would drive to Nicole's house. I lived in Vancouver with my parents. And just to leave the house, I would drive over to her place and we'd binge through shows. And one show I got really hooked on was True Blood. I had even collected all the books because she read them as well. And Robert and Nicole even got an autograph from the writer. But they never treated me like I was less than and they would just hang out with me. Robert helped pay for my medication, which was anywhere from three to three fifty a month. I didn't see a therapist because I couldn't afford it. I did find um, a nurse practitioner that specialized in mental health, so I did see someone for that. And then something absolutely miraculous happened. The Affordable Care Act was passed, and in the Affordable Care Act, no insurance company can deny an individual for having a pre-existing condition. And so I was able to find health insurance and I found really good doctors, a great therapist, and I don't know if I would, if it sounds too dramatic, but it saved my life. I, I don't know if that's the word, but having Obama and Biden being able to pass such a law has helped so many individuals like myself. And that is something that I'm always going to remember. So I was about 29, close to 30 years old, and I thought that I was done with hair. I started going to school at Clark Community College in Vancouver. And then later I transferred to PSU to get my bachelor's in accounting. And it's funny when I tell people, I was like, yeah, you know, I was going to be an accountant because they asked me where I met my husband. So this is the story of me meeting my husband. And they're like, accounting? I'm like, yes, because the reason why I was thinking accounting is it was stable. It's a nine to five job, although they work many more hours and I could have health insurance. Being a hairdresser and having to be mentally healthy, stable, doctor's visits, medication, I just felt there was more security with that job. And that's where I met my husband. We were in a political science class and he started sitting by me. Uh, I kind of thought he was a little bit of a snob because he didn't talk very much. But then we started hanging out, and one thing that came into my mind about him was that he's safe. He's safe. He didn't ask me for anything except for just hanging out, like just my company. We'd studied together at Starbucks, close to where we both lived, and not once did I ever feel pressured about anything. I told him my story, that I was divorced, lost a house, tried to commit suicide, but I'm stable. And he accepted that. He accepted all of it. He just loves me for me. Now, we've been together for eight years. 
we've been married for three, and we have two amazing twin boys who had just turned two. Now, you guys know me, and sorry I'm crying so much for this episode. This is a really hard one. Um, so obviously I did not finish my accounting degree, but my husband did. He is an accountant, and he's a fantastic accountant. Sometimes I joke around with my clients and say that he is almost too honest with my account, like my records, and... I have stopped writing down my cash because he wants me to claim it all. (laughs) I don't want to claim it. So we laugh about that. But when we were first dating and I had taken, I think, like a semester. I can't remember if the classes are term or semesters. I had taken at least two at PSEO. I was getting close to 30 years old and stable And I really wanted to get back into the workforce. And I miss doing hair. That I applied to become a teacher at Northwest College of Hair Design in the Hillsborough location. And that is how I started my hair journey again. Since starting my career in 2006, I have done an apprenticeship program. I've worked in hourly and commission. I even worked at Great Clips while I was teaching. I've taught and I have leased, which I'm leasing now. When I first started leasing to get my name out there, I would create and organize photo shoots uh, with extremely talented photographers, makeup artists, even wardrobe stylists or clothing designers. And I would come up with the idea or theme of the shoot and I would showcase more of my avant-garde haircutting and coloring skills and I've really met a lot of cool people. My work has been published nationally as well as internationally. So I, I, feel, like, I feel like I've done a lot in the hair industry I'm looking back at it now. But throughout my hair journey, I've gone through some really hard times. I've struggled a lot. Sometimes I used to get so upset that I need to take medication in order to feel somewhat normal. Now I don't. What I've realized is the experiences that I've gone through make me who I am today. I don't know if that sounds like a cliche, but I don't want to say I'm happy that I've gone through that. But I am happy that I'm on the other side and that I've made it. And the experiences that I've gone through, I have been able to have discussions with my family. I've been able to have discussions with my close friends and even some of my clients. And because I'm able to be open and having discussions, I can be more vulnerable and be okay with that. And because I am more educated, I have more empathy, I can be vulnerable, and I also, I also could be there for my children. I worry about my kids having a mental illness, even being bipolar, but I've talked with my husband and because of the work that I've done, the experiences that I've gone through and the knowledge that I've gained, 
I'll be able to help them. We'll be able to help them. And as for wanting to be a salon owner, I don't know. It's still in the back of my mind, but right now with COVID and not sure what it's going to be like in the future, I'm actually okay just hanging out in my little studio. And I've created an LLC. Uh, My LLC is called Herapy Salon. And I've established my studio space on Google Maps. I've created my own website, which you can see my photo shoots, my clients, as well as my podcast. And I'm slowly separating myself from 77 Salon. I love 77. April has actually been fantastic. I have my own square booking where they use Vigaro, and so I'm hoping that I don't think this is going to be it for me. I don't think I'll stay in that studio space forever, but it's good for right now. It's a place that is very calm and inviting. I can leave the door open to hear the buzzing of the salon and say hi to all the stylists. Or I can close the door when me and my client are having a very intimate conversation. It's my hair home away from home. I still have hard days. Days where I don't even want to get up in the morning. I have days where I struggle. I can be irritable, moody, short-tempered, and feel low. But then I have great days where I feel good and healthy and happy. What has helped me on those tough days and from the experiences that I've gone through and what I've learned is those days come and go. I make sure to be even more mindful on those days to take care of myself, to try not to be reactive, to make sure my kids know that I love them and that Alex knows that I love them. Being able to cry if I need to with my husband, or even calling up a friend and just have them listen. I don't need them to solve a problem. I don't need them to fix anything. I just want them to listen and I want to be heard. You guys, thank you so much for listening to my story. I wrote this up and I kept on reading it and rereading it and I thought I I did not know I was going to cry as much. But I'm really glad that I did, and I'm glad I'm putting it out there. And I hope that somebody who may be suffering from a mental illness, or if you're a loved one who has someone suffering from a mental illness, I hope they know that they're not alone. You're not alone. To learn more about bipolar disorder, as well as finding more information for mental health, You can visit my website at www.herapy.salon under the podcast section, episode 13. And as I said earlier, for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, the number is 1-800-273-8255. You can also find more information at www.suicidepreventionlifeline.org. You can also check out www.namior.org where you can find information and phone numbers for Suicide Lifeline, 
alcohol and drug helpline, military helpline, and youth line. NAMI also has a link to where you can find out each county's number for the mental health departments in Oregon. So thank you guys so much for listening. Be safe, be healthy, and above all, be hopeful. This is your therapy session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland Hairstylist. Show written by Emily Mazur, sponsored by Ziba Hub. Ziba Hub, a career app for beauty professionals where you can find jobs, explore events, and build community. And editing by 127 Media House.